Duppy Media is a Taunton web development business guaranteed to bring your web projects to life. From one-page sites to full e-commerce enabled web builds, Duppy Media can give your company the edge you know it deserves. Call Mark at Duppy Media for e-commerce web hosting, new builds and website additions. You will find Mark's personalised and tailored service the perfect partner for injecting some sparkle into your company's website, and that's a very competitive price. Visit www.duppymedia.co.uk for more information. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Straight From The Hot Tap. In this Canadian canoe of the podcast, we discuss the terrible realities of adult life, the terrible repurposing of castles and what to name a car. We also introduce a new segment, Traffic Island Discs, and face up to the growing public criticism of our criticism of the classic Sunday roast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a comment, like, subscribe and share. If you don't, well why don't you stick on some Celine Dion and drive your Skoda around the Tomeway roundabout? I'm Matt. And I'm Lou. I'm John. I am Josh. And I'm Matt. And this is Straight, straight from the Hot I'm freestyling this. One, you have to excuse that. And two, you have to excuse my Irish accent, which I can't do. So anyway. Oh, good. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, um, the local postman, Paddy, is driving uh, through, the, you know, through the country roads in County Court. And he, and he comes across young johnny weeping what at... okay we'll start again he's not called johnny <laughs> oh, man, don't make it personal please i thought it was a fictional joke come it's on big moment, johnny. <laughs> what should we call him uh, you know <laughs> i'm gonna john. deny everything from now on i'm just gonna deny it all no no <laughs> give me an irish name shamus shamus that's a great uh, one yeah like baby Seamus in uh, in in uh, Archer. Josh, you know my middle name is Seamus, right? Sure, I know it's not. I, I know for a fact it's not Seamus. <laughs> like in a way, I wish it was. But, but, but um, okay, here we go. So anyway, the um, the local postman, County Court, Paddy, he's driving along the country roads, right? And and he and he suddenly stops because young Seamus is by the side of the road. Weeping away, you know, Seamus only sort of he's only seven or eight years old. And he's like he's like, Christ, Seamus Why are you crying so much, Seamus? Why are you crying so much? And Seamus is like, Oh Paddy, you would not believe it. My 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 father just died. Um and, and Paddy's just like can't believe it because um you know, it's just the worst thing ever. His mother's his 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 mother's an alcoholic, she can't look after him. And and his father was like the only you know the only person who could really take care of young Seamus. So um, Paddy's like, oh my god, Seamus, I can't believe it. You know, this is the worst thing. You know, what what are you going to do? And 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 young Seamus like, I just don't know what to do. I got you know, I've got no one to turn to. And then um, he's like, you know, this this is just awful. And then Paddy's like, okay, look, there's only one thing for it. I've got to take you down to the to the church and and Father Callahan will look after you. And Seamus is like, Jesus Christ, Paddy, my father's just died. Sex is the last thing on my mind. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. 
That's so bad. That's so bad. That's almost as bad as your your Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? I did, I did, I did start. I did open up with how bad. It was. I, like I don't it. do. I don't do the. I've got a lot of work to do on that front. You, usable, usable. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure a bit of editing will will get it somewhere where it needs to be. I might have to change it from Irish to Australian, maybe. But you know, oh, I can do a much better Australian one. See, was it you who told that oh, that no. story about Van Morrison? Oh no, yeah, yeah. Because Van Morrison is like famously a grumpy bastard. I didn't realise he's yeah. from Northern Ireland. I always thought when I growing up listening yeah. to him, I thought he was like sort of American singer. But anyway. He apparently he's, he's famously really grumpy and rude to people. Anyway, yeah, he he moved. He, yeah, he 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 bought a place in in um, Northern Ireland near where my friend Jamie grew up, and um, there was a buzz, you know, that he was sort of moving. He was moving nearby, and um, Jamie's dad sent him round just to sort of say, you know, little we, little Jamie at the time he was just like really young, you know, he was like you know ten or eleven or twelve, something like that. His dad just sent him round basically to say, oh, welcome to you know, welcome that we live over there, and you know you know, nice to meet you and come over if you want, whenever you want. And Jamie went up there to say all those sort of nice, friendly, welcoming things. He's like, you know, my, my dad said to come over whenever you like. And this is my Northern Irish accent. <laughs> yeah. Glad you've clarified that. <laughs> Van Morrison heard him out and then just said, well, you can tell your fucking da to go fuck himself. <laughs> 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 that's amazing that's amazing i love that that's so funny you know remember the dennis story so the, the other side of the story was 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 our pet elmo oh my god yeah but the um our, our cat was called elmo and elmo was a particularly like screwed up cat i mean he he definitely had a difficult upbringing of some sort because he was not not all there in the head Anyway, so like he, he was getting pretty old and he, he started just sleeping like every day in this washing basket. And I come home, I come down from downstairs in the morning and be like, oh, oh, I'm no. not sure that cat's, I'm not sure that cat's too well. Um, he, he didn't seem to be moving a great deal. I was like, you know, I'll leave him. I mean, you know, when you get to that point, you think I'll probably take him to the vet at some point. Anyway, I came down one morning and he was, he was half out of the washing basket, half on the floor, stone dead, mm. like shit. And you know, and I could hear the kids coming down the stairs. I was like, oh my God, the kids are going to come down. There's a dead cat in my, in my, in my kitchen. They're quite, obviously quite fond of this cat. So I panicked and I literally just wrapped it in a, in a tea towel and just like hid it in the wheelie bin. <laughs> so, oh my God. He was yeah. sort of preempting so, the fact that he was dead. <laughs> Well, yeah, but but so so I just thought, right, okay, got it out of the way, I, you know. So kids came downstairs, had breakfast. I told Kaz, look, <laughs> look, you know, he told me there's something you should know. The the cat, yeah, Elmo was dead when I found him this morning. She's like, okay, fine, no worries. So what we're going to tell the kids? He said, look, it's up to you, but you know, <laughs> tell tell them. Yeah, did she tell, really tell say? Them at some point. Yeah, fine, no worries. <laughs> she was obviously quite upset about it we weren't sure how to tell the kids so yeah. anyway it's a case of, look, I won't tell them if, on the way to school because they'll, they'll be upset at school I'll tell them on the way home and anyway she she um, you know, she called me from the car saying look you know I've told the kids about Elmo they're really upset they really want to when we get home can we just have a little ceremony and you know bury him in the garden I was like yeah no problem no problem of course <laughs> oh no that, I know that, where that, this that, is going that, that, day, that day was pin day <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I know. Oh I went. Yeah, oh so I went God. to retrieve the cat, and of course he'd been taken out with the bins. 
and yeah so the kids came home and were like yeah dad can we <sighs> can we can we bury elmo I was like, well i've already buried him oh no <laughs> in, in a landfill site <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of like gangland victim yeah, they were just, uh, and, I, and I sort of told the kids, thinking they see the funny side of it, but they, they really didn't. They were like probably howling and screaming and stuff. In terms of agendas for tonight, so um, we'll, we'll <laughs> do the usual the stuff, but back to the agenda, yeah. Actually, before we do, like as, as is the tradition, my, my, my newfound love for fiddling around with, um, with sound, I, I made a, a little advert based on the last podcast. I'll, I'll just play it now for you. Here we go. When that lunchtime hunger strikes and you need your pasty deep filled, your coffee hot and your cheesecake free of nasal mucus, look no further than Shelley's Deli. <laughs> Shelley's Deli's pasta salad is the best in South Cheshire. Our muffins are moist and our meat is fresh and juicy. At Shelley's Deli, we know how hungry working sat at a desk can be. So we guarantee to arrive 10 minutes before the first hunger pang strikes. Look out for Shelley's Deli. We won't disappoint. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I would never ever tell my mum about this podcast. You would tell your mum. <laughs> no way. <laughs> never happening. No, no. So I've had an interesting couple of days actually because obviously I've been trying to get, get the podcast moving a little bit on social media. And um, I had my first my first dip into Instagram. Mm. Oh, so yeah. Instagram, so so Instagram's been this thing that I've known about for quite some time. But I've never actually used. I was like, right, Matt. You know, Matt said to me, Matt, you know, get on, get the podcast on Instagram. It's easier to use. You can share pictures and all this sort of stuff. I was like, yeah, no problem, fine. So I set up an Instagram account. And I'm not going to lie, right? I've been really shocked by by using Instagram. It's just been amazing how completely idealized and glossy it is as a site it's been properly scary honestly like i, I just logged onto instagram and thought it'd be a bit like facebook you could put pictures up you know have a bit of bounce with your friends and this sort of stuff and i'm no no joke within a couple of hours my feed was absolutely full of like glossy photos of people just like sharing how amazing their life was it got me thinking about the, like when we when we were growing up obviously back in 1997 and all that this sort of stuff didn't exist um and i thought the topic of tonight would be the difference between expectation and reality of becoming an adult it's quite a big topic but i thought was what i thought was really interesting was like people i know so there's a few there's a few people that i know you know lou will know a couple of them through, through rugby and stuff who like literally will post this kind of glossy glamorous photo with some some ridiculous kind of positive affirmation message about like living my best life, you know, hashtag adventure stories, all this sort of stuff. And you know for yeah. a fact they're sat they're sat in a flat in crew watching yeah, Netflix I, all day. And I say, oh fuck off. Yeah, right, that exactly. It's not okay. That's not your life. It's not Get okay. Exactly. <laughs> but but the thing that I find really really like worrying about it is if your life is entirely dominated by these sort of glossy positive messages about about you know life and how follow your dreams you know hashtag see the world hashtag you know live live life to the fullest or this sort of stuff the reality must be pretty dark place because i don't know about you guys but 
I left university reasonably a sort of idealistic, I suppose. Um, and it wasn't quite what I expected, let's put it that way. You're saying that your life wasn't quite what you expected, or your, the, your, the expectations that you had about your life weren't, didn't match up to what happened. Both. Yeah, but then I mean, I I think that you know, I mean the same for me in a way, but also I just I don't think you can't really predict the course of of your life or how it's going to really turn out, particularly accurately anyway. I don't think anyone can. So it's probably always going to be if different from how you imagine. I mean, I I agree with you. I was I was I was really idealistic, and and um, and a lot of that kind of gets sort of some to some degree beaten out of you by, yeah. By, by things not being ideal but then <laughs> but i think what i would say about instagram and i totally agree with you it has a very sort of the projection of this this constant projection which is probably or often not the reality right but yeah. it also you know it, it's not the worst thing in the world right i i find mm. that, that you know this this um the the, the positive there is a bit of positivity about it it's just images mm. There's no, for example, on Facebook and Twitter, if we're going to compare it to other social media forms, are so laden with trolls and abuse yeah. and rants yeah, yeah. and the ability for some sort of faceless moron to just lay into something yeah. and, and, and cut and like literally just bring negativity into everything. You know, I, Instagram at least is, is images and it can be really inspirational. I, you know, I, I, I use Instagram and, you know, you can watch anything from, rugby clips or something to I, the one one of the night one of the best ones i, I follow is an, it's just called nature and mm. e every day or more than once a day they post some beautiful n nature photo of, of animal life or some amazing landscape Box. or yeah some sort <laughs> yeah. of some sort of dead luxury cat or something and then <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah a louis vuitton cat yeah or another cat being emptied into a landfill but you know but <laughs> but then that's the circle of life right there guys. yeah exactly it's it, yeah <laughs> that's nature <laughs> it's it's a cruel world out there but it but it's um but yeah it can it can be positive and i find when you compare it to other forms of social media it's actually it measures up pretty well. Do you post? Mm -mm. Do you post uh, in a in a in a purely professional capacity, Odetti? No, I don't. But I, I do. I mean, I I try to, um, in a way, I try to sort of keep the majority to you know, to do with the acting stuff. But yeah, no, there's other stuff that I post as well. Sometimes you know, I don't know, an, an image that I like or want to put up mm. there or something that striking or i don't know whatever means something to me in that moment so yeah I, i'm not a prolific instagrammer but at the same time i do i quite like it it's a really interesting subject that matt because um i remember in my in our last year at school i had this tremendously high confidence right very very confident um because i because i had a great time in the sixth form and it was like my one really good time at school but i always remember it was contradicted by this absolutely intense fear underneath and um i had absolutely no expectations for my life whatsoever and it was absolutely it was really terrifying i knew what i wanted to do but it was underwritten by this tremendous fear right and um yeah i mean it's like josh said like that confidence got absolutely beaten out of me in about the first two years of leaving school like it absolutely 
do you, do you have is there a moment that you can remember where you just realized that this wasn't what you expected several things happened that i never expected them to happen right the first thing was that the, the, when i left school in taunton i came straight out here for a year and um I just remember realizing like at school, like I was like, I was a really good writer and I had all these literary ambitions and, you know, I like, I love to write short stories and, and I had all these ideas for films and books and stuff. And then when I got out here, I realized however, however good you think you are, there's a thousand people who are much better than you. And that I, is really tough, mate. I absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah mm. That is something that I've found very difficult right and i realized like i'm not really that good at all and i really felt this like tremendous like the entry of real life into my life i was like i really mm. don't even know what i'm doing you know i came out here for a year and then i moved straight back to london for, for lots of reasons mm. that i won't go into detail with here uh back in london i had this absolutely amazing time and I met all these incredibly diverse people. And I, I did a, a year of university at the University of Westminster. And it was just an amazing time of like exploration and fun. And I had this really richly rewarding life that was not connected to any of the, amb the ambitions and stuff that I, that I had and everything mm. I thought I was supposed to do. And I remember it was just like a massive contradiction to my life plan. So, 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 Lou. Obviously, you know, you, you went to one of the most prestigious independent schools in Cheshire. You know, you're from a a landed wealthy family, oh, and then you ended up go, going to university with the proletariat down in down in London. You know that that culture sorry, shock. Sorry, actually, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thank you. No, but, aside, obviously, you went. You know, no need to apologise. Yeah, you're from a from a farming family. Um, going did you how, how was that adjustment into real life for you so since you said about the subject for tonight actually mm. I've thought about it quite a lot and I have thought about this on and off um over the past few years actually to be honest when I was growing up actually all they wanted to be was a rally driver that's so cool that's, that's amazing <laughs> but that was never gonna so happen cool. really and then, yeah, I went to school, went to sixth form, went to uni, and I kind of had a plan, but I didn't really. I didn't really do my first choice degree. I was going to do medicine, but I was talked out of that, and did dietetics, did that, hated it, finished my degree and was like, oh, okay, what do I do now? I don't really mm. know. Anyway, TGI Fridays are recruiting for managers. So I went there, management training program uh you know and just kind of bumbled along really and mm. that i i don't really think i've had an adult plan to be honest mm. um yeah. but things have kind of just happened and i don't actually yeah. think i'm an adult <laughs> yeah. that's the thing i just <laughs> i don't feel adult ish no that's a good place to be though i think i think that's, i think you're right that can be a, that can be a good thing do you know what my? I remember my mum. So you know, my my mum you know died a, a few years ago, as you guys know. And um, my my you know my dad's always been very straight. He's always been very dutiful in the way he's behaved, and um, always had a a plan, and always always done the right thing, and always you know been very serious in the way he goes about his life and so on. And I remember my mum saying to me once, you know, never grow up, never grow up, you know, because when you start growing up, that's when things get boring you know and 
I kind of like that advice. I think you have to grow up in in some aspects, obviously as a dad and as a as a professional in, in work and so on. But like mentally, some of the best times I've had have been sat in a pub with you guys or with other friends, you know, talking absolute nonsense. And I think it's really important that you continue to do that as you go on. But like, as, as, it's interesting what you say, Lou, about bumbling along because that's exactly my experience as well. But how, Johnny, obviously, how about you? Because you, you kind of you you're on the engineering track quite yeah. quite early in, weren't you? Yeah, but I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you, you and Lou, I guess. In, in the, mm. I, I've never had a life plan. I've always been, I've always mm. kind of been jealous of people that, that have a life plan because I've, I've yeah. never sort of like had a dream or some singular thing that I want to achieve mm. in my career, and I'm going to work towards it, and, I, and I'm going to take this step and this step, and I'm going to get there. Like I've just kind of done things that interest me at any given juncture. Yeah. So I just do. Well, this sounds interesting. Like, like I did mechanical engineering at university but i was the only one on the course that didn't want to be a formula one technician or or had stripped <laughs> down the engine of a of a sort of mclaren f ward or something and you know i just did it because i like the subjects and i like puzzles and i like sort of working out problems and solutions and and then i i kind of got satisfaction out of doing doing that job and it just kind of led mm. to different things and that's is, is yeah. it kind of like you just did things that were in front of you that you like Oh well, that sounds great. I'll do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like, that's I like kind that. of how I've been. Yeah, and and yeah. like this is what oh this is what other people who who've done this course they end up doing. I feel like there's a lack of imagination there. I sort of just beat myself yeah. up thinking, oh why <laughs> haven't I taken a step back and just sort of made a huge break and just followed my dreams? Uh, I was like, oh well, hang on, I need to establish what my dream is, and and do you know it yet? Well, I, when I grew up, I wanted to be a window cleaner, but like my <laughs> being a window cleaner was just so I could look at people in the bar. Maybe you should move back to Taunton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Definitely. that's a good option. There's, there's windows everywhere, Lou. There's I windows mean, everywhere. <laughs> maybe put an ad out there in Taunton Matters. You never know what there could come up. I should do, yeah. I think so. It's good to diversify, so I could just put it out there. Well, you've got um, to have options. Yeah. I know a good podcast that might be able to give it a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> loosely based around Taunton. That's right. It's funny yeah. what you're saying yeah. about um about never grow up. It's really interesting mm. because one of the interesting things about doing this podcast with you guys has been that you know we've all taken very different paths through life, right? And one of the things that I know that I I always motivated me through life is. I always thought to myself, whatever happens, I just want a life of adventure, right? And yeah. I just don't want to do anything at all conservative or conventional, right? And um, like, and it's led me to do some, have some really astonishing like memories and stuff, and some really wonderful things. Oh, I really love that. Like, for example, I, I moved to South America on a whim. With no, I didn't even speak Spanish or have any money, right? No. So, so that's all great, and I'm really proud of myself for doing that stuff. At the same time, you know, I'm I'm 41 now, right? And I've I've it started to sink in how the cost of not doing things that other people have done to stabilize their life has affected me. And honestly, without wanting to be too much of a downer, like the cost of not having a stable life. Just gets exponentially bigger and bigger and bigger. When you when you say cost, Matt, what do you mean by cost? Because that's 
cost means different things to different people. Yeah. So, for example, like, like so, money, right? So, I, I'm a freelancer, right? So, I earn all my money freelance. All right. I don't. I, I've never ever had a salary, so I have absolutely no financial stability at all. And this means that I'm never able to project what I'm going to be doing more than about three months into the future. And I don't know where the money's coming from ever. And, and the conventional world, you know, into, it, it relies on you having a, a credit score. And, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. and if yeah. you ever want a yeah. mortgage God, or yeah. something, you, being a freelancer is, is not the place, is, is a difficult No, one. so it's, so for example, mm. like I had to get, I had to move house like four years ago, right? And I went, I, you know, I saw all these nice houses and, and, and um, one of the people said, can we have three, three years of pay stubs so we can see you have to save wow. And I'm like, you've got to be out of your mind. Like there's, there's just no, no way, right? And so, you know, a lot of people, like, I'm, I'm sure it's a bit different over there, but here, a, a lot of people I know work for big corporations. So they have healthcare, they have stable yeah. salary, 401ks. And I don't have any of that stuff. And when, and also on another, on just on another level, like when I hear about people like with their, like you guys have families, right? So I hear about people, and, and and honestly, when I was at school, having a family was never, ever, ever in the in the plan for me. In my life mm. expectations, I never planned to have a family. I never planned to have kids. I never planned to have anything like that. Honestly, in a, in a weird way, if you write a script, it's like having a kid. Right, because it takes so much of your emotional energy, and and uh, it's not it's like it's it, it's almost the same type of thing. But, does it wake you up in the night, Matt? Yeah, do, does writing a script wake you up in the middle of the night, Matt? I haven't had a full <laughs> sleep for nearly twenty years. So the answer a is better, a, a better script has never taken a shit on you, though. God. <laughs> does it? Does it buy random shit out of your Amazon? Uh, yeah. online accounts <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, going going back to what matt going back to what matt matt was saying though um i think it's quite it's, it's a really interesting point I, I i kind of i mean all, i i completely with what everyone has said as, as well about kind of just um i don't know just not really having a, a very defined plan um having a few dreams and stuff like that and and not really knowing exactly how they would go or how to pursue them and obviously the acting thing was what something i wanted to do and and i eventually but years and years later really got you know went for it but again a bit bit like matt once you're on the path of let's say a slightly less conventional lifestyle and career choice and all that um it it you know once you've been doing that for quite a long time it obviously becomes your way of life and actually it's i've now I don't regret obviously what I'm doing at all, but at the same time, it's it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, so basically, my life now revolves around a very, in terms of professionally, but obviously that that obviously very much affects the rest of your life. You know these kind of um, this this huge unpredictability. So I don't know what I'm going to be doing next week. I might book one of the auditions I I just did. And I might be flying to Slovenia to to film this thing, or I I might book something else, or I might not book anything, and I'll have to you know, and I'll do a load a load more um, auditions, I, whatever it might be. I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do 
from week to week. I've had to cancel, you know, and I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying it just keeps, it, like, for example, I had to cancel things like holidays and let people down when I didn't want to, but I had to put the kind of career types of decisions first so all i mean is that you can get on this path of kind of not having a plan but sometimes then you're the you're dictated by it and that can be mm, yeah good at, obviously it can be exciting and adventurous on the on the positive side which it totally yeah. is and it, and it can be super exciting um and you can be and, and super varied so you get those 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 positives but at the same time you can sometimes it, it can sometimes completely um pull the carpet out from under you when you're trying to plan something or or set down some roots of like Josh, I, I totally relate to what you're saying. And, and um, I, I feel like our, our lives are quite similar in lots of respects. It's funny because one of the things that you have to deal with is that um, when you have like a, a less conventional lifestyle, like a, if you're in a creative career, you just have to, one of the things you have to accept right away is that people just don't understand how it is, right? And so you look incredibly weird and you behave strangely. And you, I give an example, like, uh, I made a remark just now, and the reaction you guys gave me is exactly what I expect, right? You know, mm. if I say, if I say, you know, having a script is like having a kid, the immediate reaction is no, it's not. But the <laughs> the simple yeah. fact, no, because I don't understand what having a kid is like, right? That's the subtext, yeah. Mm. But at, at the same time, like you, you don't know what it's like to experience um, having to do a script for nine months of your life having people tell you that you're selfish that you're behaving irrationally that you've had to cancel plans um mm. having the job stopped in the middle i don't tell my family anything about my professional mm. life because they so don't understand how to even talk about it amongst themselves because they'll say things that will wind me up without realizing in 2019 i lived in five different cities around the world right but it was also one of the most unhappy years of my life because I was dealing with all this other stuff. So it's just like, you just, I never, th if you'd have told me when I was leaving school, you know, you'll get all the things that you want. You'll get to be a writer. You'll get to work in Hollywood. You'll get to do all this stuff. I would have been like, yeah, and I'll pay any price for it. But the reality is mm. when you get to 41, you do realize how high that price what was. It wasn't actually a joke. Johnny, it'd be interesting your, your take on this, actually, because, you know, similar to you, I, I, I don't think I've ever, I, I'm thinking this recently, actually, I don't think I've made a conscious decision in my life. Yeah. I don't think I've ever thought, no? right, you know, I'm going to do this because this is where I want it to lead. You know, I remember, Josh, I remember you years and years ago when you, when you told us about, you know, you're going to go do the acting thing, you're going to go over to America and do the course and all the rest of it. And I remember thinking, wow that's amazing but there was a bit of me thinking oh my god are you mad you stupid fucking idiot you yeah because i've been i've been so conditioned to think to be so risk averse and to think about what could go wrong rather than what could go right that i've just kind of always done the thing that's the least risky and the most safe for the, the, you know the, the environment i created around myself there is no safety in life there is no security because mm. in in a in like however many billion years the sun is going to in, in is going to expand to the to, to to become a giant it's going to incinerate the earth and the human race will be ended and your life will have ended billions of years before that and that's going to happen mm. so any concept of safety or security or any of that stuff is just a total illusion in your mind and on that happy note 
<laughs> you have yeah. a limited life and you better live it as well as you can right all right yeah. you get the message live life so, to the fullest so we're gonna die the world's gonna end go back to the old podcast if you know there's only 10 minutes left you know what you gotta do guys so so johnny then right you know obviously interesting really interesting listening to you talk about you know your 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 career and so on because in my i always thought that you just had this love for for what you did and all the rest of it if you could just do anything at all and there was no barriers and there was no expectation from family or you know parents or school or whatever what what would you have done I would just travel around. I would just travel. I would just be like a permanent mm. traveler. I would just, uh, I love, I love like just, I love like transport systems and seeing new countries. And I would just, I would just, uh, I would just travel around if I had the means to do that. And, mm. you know, especially if I had a means to do that with, you know, the people I love around me, that would be, that would be even better. So like just to, to sort of be the mm. global citizen. Oh, I hate that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag adventure dreams hashtag living your best life just to stop yeah. off wherever spend six months here and then like keep going somewhere else and that that would be the dream johnny can i just say mm. if you if you did that you'd have a lot of instagram followers <laughs> yeah that's this right is very true hashtag yolo oh, you, no. oh my god you, you, you only live once gave me strength <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy what about you Lou? obviously no the, the, the rally dream was pretty extreme but I, I'm sure you could pull it off having tried to follow you a few times in my car. Let's put it this way. You, you and Josh would be head-to-head around the Nürburgring, you know, trailing Schumacher in your wake. This is pre-coma Schumacher, not current Schumacher. Look, Scramble. I'm doing a pretty... Ah. I'm, do, <laughs> I'm doing a pretty mundane job, and I'm trying to, you know progress through that and earn more money but all i really want to do is drive cars fast really do you still is that yeah. still yes. your dream really yes so do you have like a racing car do you have like a, a sort no, of no um, i don't up? but i drive it as fast as i bloody well can <laughs> drive it like you stole it yeah i do if, if the cheshire <laughs> traffic police are listening we um <laughs> Soz. we yeah. disavow all yeah. knowledge Soz. If it had been a golf buggy that's been T-boned. <laughs> that's when you know you're living. I have been I in a golf buggy that's got no light and driving it from the clubhouse to my house and trying to avoid all the ponds and not actually oh, know no. where the Ooh, ponds that are. Is, that, that is a good sketchy. game. That's sketchy. That is a good game. And, mm. yeah, with just the light from my phone, which wow. also I couldn't actually see very well at the time. Thanks, alcohol. That's pretty sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that story. You were saying about you, you always tried to do things that you thought were risk averse. Yeah. Do you think that that was, that was a product of, of societal conditioning or do you think that was just your personality? I think it's my, my I think two things. My, my parents, particularly my dad, and yeah, my, yeah, my, my home life a little bit, you know. My, my dad was one of these people that, really didn't want you to do anything that, that that seemed to be risky so he was all about you know long-term career with one employer health care pension make sure you pay into a pension early you know ne- don't ever do anything anything risky and he, he always looked at things like the creative arts as being 
you know, not 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 particularly secure and not particularly steady. If he had his way, I'd have been, I don't know, like you know, in in the in the police or something, or in teaching or something that's that's pretty risk averse and pretty steady. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's always played on my mind. Would you say your career choices or your life choices have been have been influenced because you're you've been quite good and successful at, at your profession, and you know you get you get fulfilment out of being good at what you do, even if it's not your dream. Yeah, no, I think I think my job is always you know I you know I've always been good at my job. There's no question it's something I've I've been quite well suited to. However, the the main fulfilment I've had in my life has been from the things I do outside of my job. So, like for example, you know, coaching the, the rugby team. Um, you know, I, I took that on as a uh, to, to get me back into the game, having played all my life and and got to the point where I, where I was struggling to actually you know play properly anymore. Um, so, so I started doing that, and I really loved it. Retired rugby players do, they coach. Yeah, exactly, right. So, but I actually found I had a real aptitude for building something, growing something, promoting I, I, something. Watching, you, you know, know, following you, following that journey of yours. Yeah, it was really, it really, um, it yeah. really, it really lit a fire for you, didn't it? I mean, you really massively, yeah. yeah. Oh, massively. I mean, there's, there's, there's you know, there's, 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 there's times where I kind of looked around me and thought, I, could, you know. I can't believe he's got so big and got so popular. And also what I found really like humbling was hearing the stories of how it changed people's lives and, you know, put, brought something to them that they never had before and so on. Yeah. And that, that was always really, really kind of humbling for me, I suppose. But the thing that, that's always like frustrated me is that the things that I've always been really good at, I've kind of found out a little bit too late to, to make it a professional thing really. Um, but you know, you can't have everything, I suppose. But I, I, I remember, I remember Josh, you know, talking to you years ago about going to these auditions and and all the rest of it. And the thought, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you put yourself out there and you act in front of people who are judging you as a, an actor, as a person, all the rest of it, and keep you dust yourself off and keep going because it must be savage having to face that level of rejection and when you've got the urgency that's gradually creeping up on you for financial gain and so on it must be mm. brutal yeah i mean yeah it is it is i mean you, you, i spend you can't really prepare yourself for what that's like in a way i don't think you know you just have mm. to sort of go through it and i the, i mean the, the bottom line is that you know it it, it it probably works out as it's more than nine times out of jet out of ten you don't get the job and mm. and and also the whole thing with the industry is that no news is bad news. I, mm. you know, you'll go to an audition, you might think you absolutely smashed it and you, you know, you just won't hear anything. No one will say, look, that was a really good audition, but um, we chose someone else this time, but here's what you can improve on or something. You just don't really get it. People don't have the time. No. Um, it, you, re- you Sometimes you do, but very rarely. And so most of the time you just oh, like, you, you just have to sort of wonder. Mm. But yeah, so it, it is hard. Do you become quite hard hardened to it? Like, do you go into it thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to get this, so I'm just going to do whatever"? And if they like me, they like me, and if not, I don't go into it thinking I'm not going to get it. The stakes always feel high because you always want to give it your best shot, right? So I always, I always put quite a lot of pressure on myself, which may or may not help. But, um, but I, it, but you know, the rejections or the the, the audition room itself is it's always you know people are generally quite nice, right? So. Mm it's not like it's a harsh rejection or a harsh 
if you, a harsh environment to, to act in or to do anything in, you know, if any kind of, mm. if m- most normal business, um, you know, meetings, which obviously I've been in on, on, in a, with it wearing another hat have been that friendly and, you know, it's actually quite, it's, it's quite a nice environment, right? People want you, the, the, the idea is the casting people want you to, to be the person that they want, right? They want you to succeed. There is this growing urgency right because obviously in this business you've got to make it you know that's what the whole you know i'm not just doing i'm doing it because i i want to do it and i feel compelled to do it but at the same time i don't i have i'm ambitious and i want to make it and i always always did always did right Mm. and so you know i I have to say also say you know i've done some stuff it's not like i haven't well i've done a lot of work but you know it's it's i need to i in my mind i need to get up to 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 another level and another level Mm. and another level um, and obviously, the the, mm. the the more time goes by, that that sense of urgency, you know, it, that's that keeps me up at night. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, how much does self esteem play in all of this? Because, the, the, like, you know, I, I guess my I have a, a fear of failure in a sense, but like, I I don't know. I I, I guess I was conditioned again, maybe for, from home, you know maybe from school or whatever i was conditioned to kind of assume the role of the kind of b team do you know what i mean like you know you're you're okay you'll do all right you're not exceptional be grateful for what you've got sort of thing i've I've always had that anxiety in a way that i'm not quite good enough i probably should accept my lot in life but then there's another part of me that says if only i'd had a bit more confidence and a bit more perhaps you know bravery as well is another, is another thing i i could have done something different you know well, it's funny that you say that because um like i can categorically say that definitely speaking for myself i don't know about josh mm. but speaking for myself and speaking for a lot of other people i know i have absolutely no self-esteem right so i'll, I'll qualify that right your narcissist scores perhaps suggest otherwise well let's just, <laughs> let's just assume Let's just assume for a, for a moment that I'm not honest. I have absolutely no, I have absolutely no self-esteem, right? So my given, my, my like given emotional position is mm. you are such a loser. Everything in your life has been a failure. People are laughing at you. You're a joke. You can't do relationships. You're, 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 you're a bad writer and um, mm. you haven't got enough money, right? And mm. So every single time I try and do anything, anything at all, I am trying to prove that that's not true. And that puts me in a position, a bit like Josh was talking about going into an audition and doing the best Mm. job. It puts me into exactly the same position because I'm always having to prove that I'm not this like joke of a person who's totally failed his life at 40, right? But it's funny, Matt, because obviously a lot of it's in, in, you know in within ourselves yeah obviously that kind of that kind of those those that negative talk um yeah and it, it's it's interesting again it, you know obviously in everything we're talking about you know obviously in today's subject as well mm. it, it's so much of it just comes down to what's going on inside your own head you know the, yeah the, the, and and and, and and it, it's like that negative self-talk is so major and i feel the same thing i think my, mm. my default is like oh you know you're a fucking failure you know you're getting you're 41 42 now and it's not working out what are you going to do what are you going to do what are you going to do and just but the, the mm. thing is you know um matt you know again it's it, 
when when I think of you, I think, fuck, you know, this is one of the most talented, intelligent people I know. Oh me, and, yeah. Mm. And 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 um and and you've 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 had some massive successes. And mate, you you've just booked another huge job, you know. And so mm. no, no, but I, all I mean is, you know, you're you know, and I totally understand what what it's like from the inside, or you know, from mm. you know, whatever and obviously you have your own experience, but but um, you know, I'm just saying, you know, for all of you guys, I I always think, God, oh, these guys have really, you know, in my mind, like done amazing things. Do you know yeah. what, mate? That, that that yeah. I mean, yeah, I I made it public because I thought it was important to it at the time. But you know, a couple of years ago, I had well, a mental breakdown is the only way of describing it, really. And um, fortunately, it it could have been a lot worse than it was, uh, but it was bad enough at the time. Um, you know, and I made it public because I thought it was important to, to, to you know, to, to kind of you know, express what's really happening in my life and so on. And I was absolutely, genuinely amazed at the number of people that messaged me who I'd for years thought had their shit together, who were, I envied their lives. I thought they were, you know, just incredible people and so on, messaged me saying, you know, this happened to me. You know, I, I can't, I, I'm so grateful you you put that out there because I went through the same thing or this has been happening in my life. And it was like, shit, you know, if everyone's just a little bit more honest, if everyone's a little bit more open about how they feel, you know, about what, what stresses them, what, you know, how they, 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 they maybe haven't got it together. Maybe they're not so on top of their life and so on. It would make it a lot easier to navigate through the periods where things aren't quite how you wanted them to be. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, it- definitely. I mean, I think that one of the problems with the social media culture, and this has obviously come in since we've all left school, you know, this is new, is that it's it's created a situation of a lot of pressure on basically everyone in society because you're under pressure to show how successful you are all the time, how successful you are. And and by the way, I don't just mean professionally, right? Right. I don't oh, just yeah. think posting yeah. magazine articles about their new job or whatever. I mean, like, for example, on my Instagram feed, a lot of it is taken up by people I know um, having a great time with their kids and their new houses and stuff. And they're also showing, hey, look, I've, I've got this great family. I've created this, you know, this great environment, just as much mm. as like some guy like kite surfing off the, you know, in the <laughs> ocean, do you know what Fucking I mean? Fucking kite surfers. Or like, you know, or like... <laughs> Losers. Yeah, and like, I'm just guilty, of, you know, I'm guilty of it as much as anyone else because I intentionally so post cold photos that are a little bit mysterious, you know? <laughs> i tell you what's funny though, it's like the times in your life where the mask slips, do you know what I mean, professionally or as, as a parent or and you literally laid bare. You know, I had a really funny one going back a, a long time now. Where I, I was just, I've, I've always where I can cycle to work. And uh, one day I cycled to, and the, the way I used to do it was, I would put my work trousers in my in my bag or leave them in the office and shoes and all that sort of stuff. And I put a pair of cycling leggings in the mornings. Anyway, one day I, ju- I just forgot my trousers. I just completely <laughs> forgot my trousers. <laughs> so there I am, you know, sat, sat behind a, a, a rather, rather large desk wearing a pair of cycling shorts on the bottom and then a shirt and tie and a jacket on the top. Great, <laughs> And every time I wanted to go for a, for a piss, I had to make sure that the boss wasn't anywhere near where I was. And it's like, 
you know, here I am at age 30 or whatever I was, you know, running a, a, a national team of, of researchers uh, for, for one of the biggest recruitment companies in the, in, in the world, not just in the UK. And I forgot my fucking trousers. I mean, you know. <laughs> but, then, but then fast forward 10 years and that's, that's just an everyday experience during COVID. But I think that, I think that one thing that we, we might all definitely say is that when you're like leaving school and preparing to embark on life, I can categorically say that you don't have any idea how hard life can be. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't prepare that much. You could set like a very definitive vision of what you think it's going to be, but it won't. Yeah. There were probably so many people queuing up to say to us, these are the best days of your lives. You enjoy yeah. it, enjoy it. Why, you know, you don't know what you've got. And we, and, but you never listen, except now that we are those people. We are those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are. We're only. We're twenty years after leaving school. Yeah, and that a, a heck of a lot of stuff has happened in those in that time. Like so much stuff, right? Um, and so you know, another twenty years. That's a lot of time. A, a lot of things that can happen. And so you know, this is true. It's it's you know, it, it's still it's not it's not you know it's not too late. In sense, I, I you know, you said get worried about it being too late to start something new whatever but, you know maybe it isn't it's never too late to start something new Lou, this is true ne- Lou, by next by next podcast i want to hear about your rally driving course to kind of make make ends meet <laughs> i've started doing a delivery job for a local takeaway oh brilliant are you like the fastest delivery person in the West? Yeah, it's basically Bernie. me rally driving <laughs> around <laughs> South Cheshire delivering lots of Chinese food Brilliant. in the dark. In the golf buggy? Driving as fast as I can. No, not on a golf buggy, no. Using your phone as a headlight? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, using your phone as a headlight. So there's a few things we said we'd have a go at doing for this episode, and one of them was that thing we're calling Traffic Island Discs. So Traffic Island Discs is a blatant and shameless rip-off of a similar well-known programme, although the premise is that rather than being on a tropical island with palm trees, blue skies and a bible, you trap for a week on the Toneway roundabout in Taunton. The idea is that we consider music that serves to remind us of growing up, each other, and that time of our lives. Johnny, did you did you come up with some ideas for that? I've got a little something. Awesome. Right, so let, let's do that. So I, I made you a jingle, Johnny, actually. Well, I've seen some ridiculous things. <laughs> but that is uh, right up in the top ten. All the way from down under, the square shoe wearing, most lager loving, fat toweling, ice loving, and engineering G. This is Summer Bay's finest. Here's <laughs> Johnny. And now he's placed his lips upon his paw. I reckon this is brilliant. <laughs> I love the didgeridoo in the background. Hey, I love a didge. I love a didger. I've, I've condensed it to a single choice that captures all of those things. So this is this has got Taunton and it's got happy. It's got us. It's got like you know, it it, it stinks of our youth, this song. And it's the locker it's number one of songs. <laughs> so they, well, you know, this song probably was playing when locker number one was opened. <laughs> well, this um, is quite some build up. It better be good. Oh don't worry. I'm confident <laughs> this this song carries carries the build-up but yeah i mean it's, it's good that we're talking like earlier about um sort of like the optimism of youth and and what our future plans was because the intro to this song actually talks exactly about that it talks about what do you want to be when you grow up 
Um, You know, it talks about, you know, do you want to be a fireman? Maybe that's a good profession. Do you want to be a policeman? No, because what I want to be is I want to be a melon farming podcaster. Yeah, it's (laughs) G's and Hustlers by Snoop Doggy Dog. Yes, this is this is my, you know, traffic island disc. I only need one disc. And, um, you know, I think I'll explain a little about why this song kind of means what it does to me. Um, well, to all of us, really. For me, this this sums up my my youth in Taunton. It's a pretty powerful song. It's a pretty provocatively so- song. It's quite, you know, it's very full on. It's very funky. It's full of bad language. It's got, you know, a lot of aggression in it. And I think it's fair to say that it wouldn't pass any kind of like morality test today or even back then in the in the 90s. You know, it, I think it would really stand up to any sort of Me Too kind of check. But, you know, it, this song in its in all its comed, comedy and exaggerated sort of aspects about, you know, gangster rap culture, um, you know, really captured my imagination it really captured all of our imaginations and you know it was very part of the reason and part of the the sort of reason that it was was so you know fascinating was it was so different to what what we were living in in Taunton so we were you know a bunch of white guys in an independent school in an agricultural market town and here we were <laughs> driving so, so around like then yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, we were driving around in minis and Rovers and, and VW Jettas, like listening to gangland, hostile sort of gangland gangster rap. And, you know, it, it very much sort of captured, um, you know, everyone's everyone's imagination. But it was also just so comedic and so ridiculous you know, it didn't take itself too seriously. And therefore, you know, in the, in that respect, because it, it is clearly so, you know, uh, you know, unpalatable uh, in some respects, it has also become like a complete classic. And so, you know, for me, that would be, that would be my, my traffic Island disc. Love it. Nice. Love it. Awesome. What, what about if you could bring back, if you could relive one day. Oh man. From back then, oh, what would know. it be? That's a massive question. Maybe like the the county championship, the county cup final. I mean, that oh my was God. that was like that was a day of of just pure euphoria. I mean, that, that felt like something special happened that day. Uh, you know, something just un- completely unachievable, overturning the odds. Maybe that day, and it was a beautiful day. I don't mm. know. Maybe that day. Awesome, love it. That's so cool. Right. Anyway. Time for Lou's reviews. So, as we said before, so we thought we'd have a look at some reviews, that, you know, from from other people using the TripAdvisor, you know, successive last last time, which I thought was was pretty funny. Um, so, so yeah. Anyway, I'll play the jingle and off we go. This is Lou's reviews. Thank you. And first of all, I'd like to I'd say uh, a big shout out to all of our Greek listeners. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Especially the Greek baristas out there. 
baristas out there. Yeah, thank you. I should just like to point. I should just like to point out that Athens is one of my favourite cities, and I basically love everything about Greece. And once again, shout out to all of our Greek listeners there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so funnily, funnily enough, uh, a lot of the reviews are uh, based around carveries. Oh, no. It's a divisive. It is a subject that divides uh, the nation. Does it carve the popular opinion into two different sides? <laughs> Does it shine a sort of ha- heated, like halogen light on an yeah. already dry piece of meat? Yeah. The, the dry piece of meat of public opinion. Yeah, <laughs> making it making it drier by the second. It's the first review from Mrs. Bain Marie in Taunton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the first reviews is Mr. Ben Efeater. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the first views is how dare you sunday lunch is awesome carveries are shit though and that's from patrick on instagram <laughs> um the next one is i fucking love sunday lunches you bunch of dicks <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's i don't know who that's from anon on Castbox. Yeah, that, that was on Castbox. <laughs> Do you know what's really interesting, right? So we did a really serious episode that we put a load of thought and effort into, and we got one or two comments, and we got more comments about Sunday lunch dissing than we did about, you know, serious updates. Can I just have the chance to answer Anon, like, formally on this podcast? Oh, God, please do. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the response to the response. <laughs> yeah. The only review from episode nine, the serious one. Excellent episode, gentlemen and ladies. Thank you for taking the time to record it and give very real and honest views and thoughts. That's it. From Laura. Well, the other day I had a Chinese takeaway and I opened my, my fortune cookie. Hold on. It, I didn't it, deliver that one. No, you didn't. This is true. Yeah. It was cold. Yeah, it, it was late. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be early yeah. if I delivered it, right? Yeah, this is true. And, and, it, and it says something like, be the person you want to be or something. I was like, yeah, whatever. I reckon, like, it'd be a good little business idea. We could have straight from the hot tap sponsored misfortune cookies. <laughs> you know, you open, you open the, the fortune cookie and it just says, yeah, you're fat. Or, you know, <laughs> It's never going to work out for you. You know, like, like proper real messages. You've just eaten three kilograms of salt and sugar. Bon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, good, yeah. Luck. Yeah. good luck with the diabetes. You can't have a negative fortune cookie. Tomorrow, you will win a million pounds. I'm like, ooh, exciting. Can't wait for tomorrow. The next review is Dear Straight from the Hot Tap. I was forwarded your podcast, episode 10, by a furloughed member of staff. She was particularly upset about your negative comments about the Greyhound pub in Staple <laughs> Fitzpain. <laughs> As you know, it's been a very challenging year for the industry and we have been working hard getting ready for reopening in April. As you will see from TripAdvisor, the vast majority, in fact 97%, of our reviews are extremely positive. Uh, We surveyed our regular customers as part of a prize draw to win a carvery lunch for nine people. 
while several people commented on the traditional <laughs> atmosphere, de decoration and unique cosy feel, others suggested that we needed to modernise to enable more people to dine at once. Many pointed to the spaciousness of the Perkin Warbeck, a Weatherspoons establishment in Taunton, and the nostalgia of uh, the school canteen. Many mentioned the ease of the self-surface at Gordano Services in, <laughs> on the M4. Oh my God, you're just, this is a The joke. microwaves for reheating cauliflower cheese <laughs> and other things that tend to get a little tepid under heat light. <laughs> so when we talked to our architect, we asked him to come up with something similar. We have never been busier. People particularly like our imitation of a chicken korma enjoy sitting on long benches. The self-service is particularly good for those who prefer to help themselves. So whilst we're disappointed in your review of the Greyhound, uh, we are very happy with our redesign. You will not be welcomed back to our pub in the future. Sounds more like a service station than a pub. Team Greyhound. <laughs> the, Greyhound the Greyhound service station in Save of Spain with sort of with hints, with hints of the of the of the uh, weather space. of a recovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listening back to a few episodes ago, we sort of looked at um, uh, some of the um, reviews of Dunster Castle because obviously, Matt, you had a negative experience there, didn't you? <laughs> I certainly did. They wouldn't. They wouldn't let me into the castle because they said that it was dangerous because a tree had fallen over. If you were the people who built that castle, um. And you'd close the castle because a tree had fallen. Doesn't that argue against having a castle? Uh, and as we left the general area and went back home for tea, I just thought to myself, fuck Dunster Castle. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we looked at some reviews from TripAdvisor about Dunster Castle. And um, this one really strikes a chord with what you just said. So this is titled Dunno About Dunster. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice, nice alliteration, like it. Yeah, that's how it's written. Uh, the, the castle price list was very misleading on the board. £4.50 per adult. But when you actually go to the till, it's, it is then £12.75 per adult. The price sign was very misleading and that offer was for National Trust members only. So my review is not on the castle itself, but on the price sign. Sort it out, National Trust. I love the way you go to TripAdvisor to write a review of a sign. I mean, who does that? And you, you go all the way to Dunst the Castle and you to presumably go and see Dunst the Castle and then don't go into Dunst the Castle, but instead go and probably spend £12.75 on a coffee and a cake. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it was four espressos. It's pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's that's twelve pounds right there. Well, this is the time of the show we call Matt Sweats. If you just put your minds back into the people who were building that, you know, there's castles in England from all over basically the middle ages and after don't you think that it would be slightly demoralizing if you're in the castle you know watching for it for you know the french to invade and you basically were able to see into a time machine and someone told you that this castle would be closed if, if a tree had fallen over next to it you know the normans are on the horizon instead of being run by alpha male knights it's going to be run run by a bunch <laughs> of old retiree women 
Ouch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and the coffee shop, instead of like the bastion where we drop boiling oil on the on the attackers, the most important function of the castle is going to be its coffee and cake selection. I mean, this is frankly humiliating. Thanks, Matt and Lou. That was, uh, well, interesting, I suppose, is the best word to use. Straight out of the mean streets of SW8, Superman's best friend, Dan Carter's life coach and the man they call the face of Specsavers. The wire-avoiding international man of mystery, Josh. This is Taunton Matters. Beautiful. <laughs> Just beautiful. There, there is a, a rich vein of, of, of form in Taunton Matters this week. From Chloe Gemma Hyatt. Has anyone lost a budgie? In the Asda area of Taunton. <laughs> um, That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and then someone's replied saying, no, but if anyone wants one, I've got one going cheap. Let's let's just move. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. But that was, I was just like, how oh, random. Yeah. <laughs> That's for you, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> a guy called Sumi. Um, he said, Hi, I'm new to Taunton and looking for a three-bedroomed house for a family close to Musgrove Hospital. Please help. Many thanks. First, first comment, contact local estate agents, which seems like a pretty sensible... Oh, that's, pretty that's such a narky reply, isn't it? Well, it's no, like, but yeah, it's also... Like, welcome to the area. But also, yeah, contact local estate agents. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't don't like contact a Facebook group. Yeah, my mate's selling his house. Actually, you know, uh, you know, she will pop round there. Uh, you know, we'll give you a good deal. I mean, just for God's sake, contact a flipping estate agent. Anyway, that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> we could have. I don't know if this is a, a rival, and I, I probably shouldn't be advertising. There's a place called the Pasty Boys. Oh, and the Pasty Boys are open over the bank holiday weekend. That's a Shelley's Deli of pasty world, that is. There's a pasty war about to begin in Taunton, I feel. So, you know, watch out. When you find, you know, someone, someone's finger from the pasty boys in, in an oggy oggy pasty, do you know that the, the turf warfare has really begun? This is the Taunton version for Danielle of, of, of Los Angeles and his pest control. Um, but it's a more kind of genteel countryside version. Um, hi, all anglers. Um, can any Taunton angler give me information about sing- uh, signal crayfish in the area? I would like to trap them and save the fisheries <laughs> you love. <laughs> Do you know, signal crayfish are a bad news. What are they? The crayfish, they're like, they're like miniature lobsters, basically, but they live in fresh water. Somebody brought them over from America, I don't know, a few years back, and um, released them into the wild, and they breed like you wouldn't believe. And yeah, they basically eat everything, but they're actually really tasty. If you, if you catch them, you know, and just keep them in fresh water, or clean water for a couple of days to get rid of all the, the filth that they've been uh, living in, in the canals and so on. They, they're good eating, you know, they're like a, a freshwater king prawn. And then here's a guy, here's a guy who's obviously getting a bit, you know, he's getting a bit antsy with the lockdown, Tom. Um, he's like, anyone know the rules at the moment? Like, is it legal to have a couple of bebs with a few friends in Vibrary Park at the moment, for example? <laughs> <laughs> so if there are any if there are any Beverly's out there, just don't go to Vibrary Park. 
<laughs> he spelled it with a capital B. Maybe, maybe scratch that. I don't know. Here's, here's another quite random one um, from Yvonne. She's, she's asking, does, and this is quite, again, it's very specific, like very specific. Does anyone know if there is a slipway in Langport suitable for a Canadian canoe? (laughs) (laughs) We know about and have used the slip at Hewish Drove, but is there a slip in Langport itself? So this is one for all the Canadian canoeists out there. A lady called Suzanne, she's asking for dog groomers who offer hand stripping of a border terrier. And a wirehead Jack Russell. <laughs> so they're so specific this week. People really want <laughs> certain things and they, they're coming to Taunton Matters just to ask for them, you know. So if anyone hand strips border terriers, get in touch. <laughs> um, and last but not least, I, we could open up to the floor here. Um, a shame actually Lou's left us because it's probably, you know, something that she could chip in on. But someone called Tori has come in saying, just out of interest, dot, dot, dot. And because I'm bored, do people name their cars? And if so, what? We are st- <laughs> we are stuck for a name for our Skoda. And <laughs> 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 a serious reply from a guy called Liam. Marvin is the name of my current car. <laughs> so yeah there you go guys well that takes us to the end of episode 11 thanks so much for listening this week's business shout out goes to Stag's Farm in West Lean just outside of Taunton why not stop by and sample Stag's amazing flavoured milks from cows grazed on local fields this podcast is brought to you in partnership with Duffy Media one of Taunton's best web design and development businesses For a free quote, visit www.duffymedia.co.uk. This was straight from the hot tap.